0: One million moms, well, actually, it's probably about five, uh, are trying to boycott Hallmark and uh, wrapping paper. This is TFG Unbuttoned.
1: It's the focus group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events.
0: Welcome to TFGM Button. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host Tim Bennett. Find us every Tuesday on your podcast platform of choice. And of course, check out the Focus Group on Wednesdays from 1 to 2 p.m. East on Facebook Live or YouTube. And of course, focusgroupradio.com is the location to go for all our media and information about me and Tim. Welcome to the new week, Mr. Bennett. Thank you, Mr. Nash. Thank you, Mr. Nash. Did you- I was thinking about you a lot yesterday because we were watching some classic Lucy episodes on Hulu. Oh. And from season one, one of our favorites came up and Bob was laughing about it. It's uh, called Seance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and what I really loved about it was Lucy hides behind <laughs> Ethel, who's wearing this turban and this thing. And when she calls up. A ghost or a spirit. She does it in a radio fashion, you know, like like almost like she's on a wartime, like over and out, over and out. Are you Hello, there, telly. Tilly? Hello, over, telly. over,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And that made reminded me of a story that Tim and I love, and we we love sharing it at, anytime we can, and that comes from Dick Cavett, who was a close friend of Groucho Marx, who. Had nothing nice to say about the people that conducted
1: seances or all the spirit stuff. And you want to tell the story about the Upper East Side party? <laughs> well, they, they said that there was a. There used to be this. I guess in Vogue in the '60s, these uh, you'd have a seance. You'd have a, uh, a medium come over, somebody to come and do a seance. And so they said, uh, Dick Cavett tells John and I that uh, Groucho Marx was a bit of a, a prankster and and kind of a wisecrack, uh, wise guy. So they said you'd need to really behave here. Now you've been invited to their home. You need to behave and and uh, be in your best behavior when this this uh, we go into the seance into the trance. So, they said the woman and I forget the the name of the of the psychic or the medium. And she's, I'm in touch. I'm in touch. I I'm really in feel. I'm I'm in, I'm in, I'm I'm one with the spirits. I ask me anything, anything anybody wants to know, just ask me anything and I'll be able to tell you. And what does Groucho Marx say? <laughs> what is the what is the capital of South North, or North, North, da- North Dakota? North Dakota? Dakota. What's the anyone have a question? I've broken through. Anyone have a question? Yeah. What's the capital of North Dakota? And <laughs> as Groucho Marx, they said, is Chase down. <laughs> Madison or park or whatever street with like umbrellas and, and pitchforks because he, he made such a mockery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know
0: something? The brilliant part of that story is if you're in touch with multiple spirits, one of them could have told you the capital of North Dakota, right?
1: Ask me anything. I'm really feeling I'm really in tune. Ask me anything. What's the capital of North Dakota? <laughs> <laughs> I thought
0: that was a good way to start off the week because... We I just love those classic Lucy episodes. The the next one we watched was called Draft Notice, I think, and Ethel comes up with the mail. Because I, I I always forget that Ethel and Fred are the landlords to Lucy right. and Ricky. And and Lucy gets a postcard from someone and she starts reading it. And Ethel literally just finishes reading it. And Lucy makes a face. She goes, You wanna you wanna just read the rest of the mail? You know that's illegal, blah, blah, blah. And this is about privacy. And then she sees a letter from the War Department to Ricky. And then the whole thing is, do I open it? Do I check it out? Because she just made this whole moral stand about reading
1: <laughs> someone's <laughs> postcards or mail. Hey, someone actually did. You know, our friend Matt gave me a piece of trivia about later on, like the fifth series when they go to Europe. And remember, Ricky and Fred get uh, Lucy and Ethel uh, dresses made out of feed bags and, and bar. yeah, I, I, uh, And or they were like, supposed to be high fashion, <laughs> high right? High fashion. Do you know who you'll never guess? Because I didn't either. But so somebody, someone, the mother of somebody very famous was one of the models at the end of the show. Lucy and Ethel have thrown these things away, and then then the uh, that uh, the designer has actually ripped off their designs, and then these models walk by them. That's kind of the end scene of the of the of the show. Any guess as to who who the mother might be that walked? Oh was wearing god! Okay, so I'm guessing this was an episode from the late '50s. Late '50s, late '50s. It's the is, it, is it guessable? Is it guessable? You know, you, it's not. So I'll tell you because we're we're obviously short on time. But Cher's mother, Cher's mother was yeah. one of the ones wearing burlap. She was the burlap. <laughs> she was, this, she was this one of the models that came out in in the uh, in the burlap with the feed bag on her head, walking by Lucy and Ethel. <laughs>
0: and then it becomes a fashion statement. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um hey, check out Lucy on Hulu. And I just thought you'd enjoy that séance thing because every time every time anything with séance comes up, I think of the Lucy episode <laughs> and now I think of Dick Cavett. And this is a good kicking off point for our first story of the week and it comes from Inc magazine. And it's just a bit of a profile on Steve Jobs. You know, everybody has a Steve, a lot of Steve Jobs stories uh, float around. It's one of the most valuable companies in the United States, uh, possibly in the world. And um, he was apparently very mercurial. But the headline reads, Steve Jobs once prank called a Starbucks. And it's a great lesson in emotional intelligence. So back in 2007, during one of his um, famous keynote addresses, He was demonstrating the properties of the iPhone. Now, this is before geolocation. So he, meaning the phone knew exactly where you were, but he had to plug in his thing. And he ended up dialing um, a Starbucks. And I think he called them on stage. And he said, um, and someone answers. He said, yes, I'd like to order 4,000 lattes to go, please. And then um, there's a pause. He said, just kidding, wrong number. And then uh, in front of the 4,000 people, he he did this that were in in attendance of this uh, event everybody laughed. It was a great moment. And what the author of the piece describes is how brilliant um, Steve Jobs was in doing that because he instantly connected with his audience on a very human level. And they accredit this to, of course, emotional intelligence. And by appealing to people, everybody knows what a prank call is. And this was so innocuous and, and kind of, you know, nothing. It was funny, but it was a very clever way of doing all that. And they said that he had a great deal of understanding of how to work a crowd, especially on the emotional, uh, the emotional
1: intelligence side. You know, do you think he did that? Do you think he thought it through as much as this writer has given given him credit for? It's a great question.
0: I read the article. And I thought the exact same thing because if you read his the biography about him, and if you read other business stories, um, sometimes he was very impulsive and and did not think through some things. He just went with his gut. Other times he was extremely scripted and calculated i don't know this one sounds like something that just happened on stage
1: and it was kind of funny do do you think it was one of those things he rolled with yeah i I think he probably well it was simple right starbucks is anywhere you throw a rock in the air in any town you will hit a starbucks (laughs) it's true but it it reminded me of a very quick story of when the internet was just coming out you know everybody when i worked at subaru there was many people thought it was a fad but in the late 90s, the internet was was starting to boom, and all these companies needed to have websites. And there was a guy from the agency. I still, to this day, can't believe this happened. He came in, and there was all these people from the field, plus dealers. It was a mix of male, female, young, old. And uh, in this particular session, the head of HR was sitting next to me, along with one of the legal attorneys. And this guy from the agency gets up, and he says, you know, I don't know if you know about the internet, but it's a powerful thing, and anybody can reach anything at any time. Let me show you. And he's on his laptop. And there's the huge screen. We're in this big ballroom. It's probably a couple hundred people in the room. And he says, I'll go to one of the sites. that's really easy. I know it's always, it's always available. So I'm thinking CNN. No, he goes to playboy.com. <laughs> and all of a sudden, these girls, boom, 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 you know, jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. And the crowd is like, <gasps> and the woman from HR is like, who is this? Has he worked for us? I said, I, so he's from the agency. He goes, well, not much longer. And he, the guy ended up getting fired. But he just thought, he goes, I know I can go there because they've always got content and they're always updating their content. (laughs) But can you imagine in a group, in a corporate setting, going to playboy.com and you know what you're going to get? Well, I'm surprised that
0: I was actually holding my breath because when you said if you, if it were you, you'd go to CNN, MSNBC. Right. I might even go to for me as a designer. I might go to adobe.com.
1: I mean, something so innocuous, right? right? Like, and no, he goes to Playboy <laughs> because I know this one will work. I know that I know this, and he clicks, <laughs> and it's like, blah, but you know, the, the boobies are shaking and the, the up and down, up and down, jumpy, jumpy, and uh, well, and the legal an exam- and the legal one is like, oh no, he didn't. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> So all the women, of course, were, were aghast and the guys are laughing and the poor guy ended up losing his job. Oh my God. It's uh <laughs> that's a great, so here we have the
0: contrast of Steve Jobs and Starbucks versus agency guy going to a site he knows has got content. And boy, did that tell you a lot about, about him?
1: I, I know there's content here. <laughs>
0: Hey, uh, before we move to our next story, I want to remind our listeners that uh, each week we're brought to you by a Critics' Choice video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. They've been with us from the start, and we're going to circle back and talk about some stuff they have going on later. Wow, Playboy! I mean, imagine, but imagine what it would have—the the gasps that would have been elicited had he called <laughs> up some like LGBT site, right?
1: <laughs> well, you couldn't. You're lucky there, you got Playboy. A there was a firewall for that. You, can, you can't. You can't go to the HRC, but you can go to Playboy.
0: Playboy.com. All right. Our next uh, article, which I teased at the start, is uh, the headline reads: "Conservatives are refusing to use wrapping paper now because of the gays." It's a bit of a stretch, but what's happening is the Hallmark Channel announced uh, to a cer- certain amount of fanfare about two weeks ago that they are going to be including a great number of LGBTQ characters um, in their co- future programming uh, for the holidays. You know, the Hallmark has all these Christmas movies they air, and the and the far right evangelical Christian group One Million Moms is now targeting them for a, a boycott. Of course, the article proceeds to disassemble the 1 million moms to make you think and really we've looked this up there's not a million moms doing this it's 1500 i don't know what the number is but it's not a million you're being generous at
1: 1500 we know the they're part of that offshoot the afa which has i think you and i found about three official people that are on the payroll
0: right (laughs) the american family association yeah i tell you so uh, hallmark didn't really cave to this um you know, they basically were like, okay, whatever. And <laughs> if you want to boycott the channel, go ahead. We're, we're going to lose five viewers or something like that. But it, it's surprising to me that this stuff still goes on. And um, it's hard for me to make the the stretch that Hallmark, the Crown Media, I think Crown Media is the owners of the Hallmark Network, can be associated with the ornaments, the wrapping paper, and the gift cards, uh-huh. right? I, I So let's get it, Let's go after them. Let's get the, the wrapping paper thing. When was the last time you bought wrapping paper at Hallmark? Well, it's too expensive. I go to the dollar
1: store. There you go. There you go. So that, that boycott's working quite well, right? But I I laughed about it because I thought and one of the one of the uh this writer was kind of on our side. I said not kind of, but is on our side. But he said it must become very difficult for the conservative Christian to shop <laughs> because of all the nonstop boycotts. <laughs> I like
0: that line too. Yeah. yeah, it's right up at the top. It's like they can't go anywhere and right. buy anything because right. everything's being boycotted. Um, so that was basically the piece that uh, this this boycott's going on, and um, and I it just here we are in 2020, and this is still happening. It's going to happen for a long time because apparently this is codified in scripture yep. in Romans 118-28. You know, yeah, sinful mm-hmm. lifestyle. All right. Yep. And our last article today comes to us. Um, We've seen this before. And um, it was, I think, the article dealt with this in the sense that there was a notion that there had been a bias. Now there's research that actually proves it. And it says, uh, rideshare profiles with LGBTQ symbols canceled more often than uh, by drivers. So the original uh, story or uh, information that went around about this was... Sometimes people would not even get, it it would take a while to get a driver to, to accept your request because of something that might be in your profile. Now it turns out that, you know, they've done all this work on that and it turns out that you could get accepted, but then the driver may cancel you later on. Did I read that
1: correctly? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. We had had done a story similar to this a while back where it was, so if you had in your profile maybe a name that sounded uh, different or might have sounded black or you had a um, LGBTQ icon or some sort of identifier, Lyft and and Uber decided to take those characteristics off because exactly what you said, they felt there was bias by the driver saying, I'm not going to pick you up based upon your name or something. And so now it's gone one step further that they remove that stuff. But now once you accept the ride and then you see who you're picking up, they're saying that it three times, um, I forget how many, they's twice as likely to have the ride canceled if you're in one of the underrepresented minorities than a Caucasian person.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it, and here's the paragraph that you just were, it says, our results confirm that bias at the ride request has been removed, what Tim was just talking about, the work they did to change that. However, after acceptance, racial and LGBT biases are persistent. Um, that one, it, it was interesting to me. Um, the other thing that I thought about with this is, um, you know, when it comes to Uber and Lyft, they're very utilitarian to yeah. me. And I, I can't even imagine spending one extra second changing anything about my bio other than my name and my address right i i are I,
1: putting up a special picture or like you know what i mean it's it's well it reminds me of a resume they used to tell you years ago don't put that you're a member of the young republicans or a member of the young democrats or you were part of the uh inter-christian fellowship of athletes or any of that sort of stuff they said just remove all those things off your resume because you don't know the screening process what it's going through and so don't give somebody a reason not to call you in or do not interview you. And this to me is the same thing. You put your name in or your screen name or whatever your handle is and leave it at that. And uh, because um, it seems like they, they in fact did the study and that there is bias based upon either name or if you are a part of one of these underrepresented groups such as uh, LGBTQ. Have you ever had a ride cancel?
0: Accidentally. Um, like I was at JFK one time coming back from a trip and the um the driver actually picked up the wrong john i mean oh. i guess and and then <laughs> sounds like i'm a pimp or something <laughs> or no uh, john is a client sorry um and then about um and then it got it was a it was a big screw up with the app right and but that's the only time it ever happened but beyond
1: that no never had a, a ride but canceled. you probably also don't have anything no, you, no. You, you know all kinds of you know i'm here i'm queer get used to it on the on, the, on your profile nope.
0: As I said earlier, it just seems like a, an insane waste of time because it's a utility. It it would be as if you decorated your metro card so that you alone could see you swipe your little <laughs> thing through. Um I, I don't know. I, that's just me.
1: <laughs> Decorate at, your metro card. Look at my
0: metro card's got glitter on it. You got stickers I'm gonna and a get rainbow. <laughs> so that was uh that's that article there. So um yeah. Well, it's not surprising given the wide range of drivers and where they all hail from right. that there would, that this would be going on. Um, and I'll just say that. <laughs> so at the uh, start, I mentioned that critics choice video America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987 has been a partner of ours here on the focus group. And we would encourage you to visit their site by going to ours, focus and click on the critics choice video logo. Uh, when you get there, upper left corner, you could request a catalog. It's my favorite way of shopping. It comes every five, four or five weeks. And I tell you the beauty of nonlinear. I don't know what I want. I don't even know if I want anything, but I flip it open and boom, I'll come to a page. of like, gee, I never saw that or I'd like to see that. So I went to the site and I saw right on the homepage, at least when I went there last time, um, a, a show that I have not seen because I don't get HBO. And But I've heard about it, and I heard it was really good, and it's called The Outsider. And it's based on a Stephen King novel, and I've been told that it's really, really well done. It's a lot of psychological, it's it's horror, it's psychological and horror, but not like, I don't think bloody and gruesome. I'm not 100% sure about that, but this is one I've had on my list for a while, so I'm going to probably pick that up.
1: That's what I was going to ask you. I was wondering if it's, and, and I have heard good things about The Outsider as well, but neither of us have HBO. Isn't that funny?
0: Well, you know, I'll just read the quick description. It says, Bill Mendelson, Bill Camp, Jeremy Bob, uh, Mayor Winningham, and Cynthia Arevo. This HBO original series, based on the Stephen King novel, finds a local detective investigating the horrific murder of an 11-year-old boy in the Georgia woods. As he gets into the case, everything he believes in is uprooted by a supernatural force, which edges into the investigation. And I'll leave it at that. And I've heard just super good things about it.
1: So I, I looked at something totally different there on the on the page though. But as you as you noted, there's a number of sales going on. But there's one that I've never seen before, and it's just right up my alley. It's called the Awesome '80s Sale, <laughs> and there's actually 844 movies uh, that are in the uh, at, under this under the sale banner there for the '80s. And I'm going through them all and just smiling and laughing. I mean, everything from Trading Places to Mommy Dearest to the Stephen King collection, lots of uh, John Travolta, Tom Cruise karate kid i mean i'm just it's uh silkwood oh my god yeah beverly so, hills cop yeah, witness yeah. we we boy we came of age in a flash dance, flash dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh this is a good one tim i like this yeah so the awesome 80s cell is there as well so hey, again we want to thank critics choice video it's america's classic movie and tv authority since 1987 they've been with us here on tfg and button from the start and so we thank them and thank all of you for supporting them. If you go to focusgroupradio.com, click on the Critics Choice Video logo, because we all get credit for it, and uh, it keeps us coming to you each week. So we hope you all have a great week, and uh, be sure to catch our Wednesday broadcast, which is the Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. And uh, wear your mask, and if you're in, if you're in line of the uh, of the latest hurricane or tropical storm, stay dry. Take care. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.